Hello and welcome to the Postmod Pod. This is the Postmodern Families Podcast, and this is episode nine. That's right. Uh oh, there's an ad playing. What are you doing? Can't oh. have that. <laughs> so, um, what Do are we doing today? Yourselves first. Just introduce yourself. Well, if you don't know, I'm Felipe, and I'm Lillian, and we are Americans living in the UK, doing podcasts. That's right. No, we are making sense of current events. We are making sense of current events. So, as per usual, we get into our icebreakers. Okay, here it is. We Did we do who was your childhood actor, actress crush already? No, I don't think so. Okay, let's do that one. Who was your childhood actor, actress crush? Can we just include... Um musicians or is it have, does it have to be an actor actress that's the question um sure why not why not i had a big crush on michael jackson gay <laughs> <laughs> i did i just loved his um uh-huh. i don't know what about you uh for me let's see Childhood crush. So what constitutes childhood? From what age to what age? I don't know. When you consider yourself a child, I guess. Is that just <laughs> ice? What is um, that? Let's see. I would say probably... Um, gosh. A... Um, who was the... So Alec Baldwin got married to... Um, I don't know how you know this, like, celebrity trivia. What's her name? Um, <laughs> not Michelle Pfeiffer. Not, um, gosh, he had kids with her, too. Um, she was in uh, Lethal Attraction, I think it was called. Lethal Weapon? Can someone, no, <laughs> lethal, can someone, um, oh, thanks, Edward Boat Brown, for that $5. Okay, so let's get to it. What's our first story? What's okay, so um, this is a an image uh, from a link, I guess. And the tweet says, something really odd is going on. In Europe, we are seeing surges at many places where most of the population has already been vaccinated. At the same time, the 15 least vaccinated countries don't seem to face any problem. At some point, denying this problem will get painful. And it's a chart that shows you that the cases in the last two months, while the Delta reached dominance in Europe, the UK is right up there around uh, 550 cases. And then the Netherlands is right underneath. And then Malta is around 350. And those are the top three highly vaccinated states, or not states, but countries. And they have the most uh, cases of COVID. And then there's a second chart that shares that um, it's a share of people who received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine. And Malta has an 84.95% vaccination rate. So 84.95 have had at least percentage of the population have at least one dosage. The UK, do you want to guess? It's actually higher now, but in this world data... For graph, a single jab. For the one dose. 
It's 67.82, according that's, to this old, that's old chart. That's old. It's 80% then, now. Then the Netherlands is 67.38. And then the 15 least vaccinated states are listed starting at 41% and goes all the way down to 5% in Ukraine. And those are the ones that are showing the lowest uh, cases okay. for COVID. So I found that interesting. Um, and if you guys want to watch the playback of this video, it will go up on our Postmod Pod channel, and I'll be able to just cast this image for you guys. But I realize that you probably you can't see, it, and I don't know how to share whatever like on the live stream. Mm -hmm. um, so that's interesting. And then I wanted to read just another tweet, uh, kind of on the same topic. So Zuby, Zuby Music, he tweeted something that says, "Isn't this exactly what at GVD Bosch Bosch was warning about many months ago in regards to mass vaccination? Good grief!" And he links a gov.uk publication, and he boxes this. Um, Quote, it says, the combination of high prevalence and high levels of vaccination creates the conditions in which an immune escape variant is most likely to emerge. The likelihood of this happening is unknown, but such a variant would present a significant risk both in the UK and internationally. So it's just this idea that is there a correlation mm -hmm. between vaccinated people mm -hmm. and COVID cases? Mm -hmm. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, there have been the when when I when the spike protein technology was explained to me, um, it made sense that it weakens your um, immune system from other things, but it didn't say anything about it affecting the COVID response. I don't know. Are people speculating that the vaccine is increasing the spread of COVID? Not the spread, maybe, but that's I what don't that know, seemed maybe to the suggest. Spread. Yeah, because it's not talking about hospitalizations. It's talking about mm -hmm. just the incidence of cases rising. Okay. But also that this Delta variant comes out of that. Like that it's almost like the vaccine is causing a Delta variant to catch hold. Did you get that? Yeah, so it's um, making it making pe recipients of the vaccine more susceptible to receive. No, that two. it's making the Delta variant mm. um, more more strong, stronger, more strong, more prevalent. Is what I was going to mm. say, but or the um, the effect of it in your body more intense. Yeah, or maybe that they're not able to fight it so what data are they um, pointing to that suggests that the vaccines are well that um, the fact that the highest vaccinated countries mm -hmm. have the highest number of cases of the delta variant mm -hmm. and that the lowest states are but countries, that could just be that the highest vaccinated countries are the highest developed countries or the highest populated countries I mean, who's heard of Ukraine? Come on. So you're saying, oh, yeah. So because it's, is it a raw number then? Is that yeah, a problem? That is a yeah, problem. Yeah. Let me just see if it's a raw it's gotta number. It's got to be uh, per capita. Or... Yeah, you're right. Let's see. It's saying it's a 
raw number. So the low ones, you're right, are smaller countries. Of course. Belarus, Montenegro, Slovenia, yeah. Croatia. <laughs> Monaco, I'm sure. But then Malta. Malta's tiny. Malta's high. Hmm. Malta is at 350 cases, whereas okay. the other ones are down 50, okay. under 50. Okay. And then the Netherlands, which is also small. Netherlands is not that small. Actually. But it's all the way up to over 500, right okay. next to the UK. Okay. Do you see that? Yeah. I, mean, I think the Netherlands is maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, half the population of the UK. I don't know, but I'm the the way that someone explained the vaccination explained it to me uh-huh. was that it is um, the spike protein makes it target the coronavirus, the COVID, and mm-hmm. then makes it weaker against variants. Okay, I'm not sure why, but is that possible? I that don't we've know. now we we basically weakened our entire populace to variants because of we we vaccinated everyone for the specific one i don't know i have no idea i'm just completely tired of covid speech i'm just so people, tired of it aren't. <laughs> i'm so you might be tired but a lot of people aren't of talking about covid who's with me covid because it it's it's a spinning web of deception and amateurs talking and trying to piece things together yeah and and i just so on that note uh my next story is a daily mail article only the finest right it's called lancet letter which demanded freedom day be scrapped backed by 1200 quote experts actually included social workers midwives and dentists and anyone who could sign it the bullets are Document accused the UK government of conducting unethical experiment by pressing on with July 19, which would be Freedom Day, right? Mm-hmm. Originally signed by 122 leading scientists and doctors, but gained more than 1,200 signatures a week later. Mm-hmm. The Mail Online found the list included social workers, midwives, dentists, and students with no scientific credentials. So, interestingly, a lot of people in power and people employed by the government, so NHS workers, social workers, they are really mad at Boris uh-huh. for not pulling the plug on Freedom Day. He, they want him to just... Mm, go straight into the next lockdown. Yeah. They don't. They think that it's extremely dangerous, and they think that... It's funny. They call it an uh, experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the quote on that? An unethical experiment. Right. Which is funny because you would think that a new vaccination that was produced within the last year or over a year now uh, is an unethical experiment since they're giving it to babies and pregnant women and Uh without any long-term study effects on humans. But instead, they're calling lifting lockdown an unethical experiment. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like for them, lockdown is now the new norm. And mm-hmm. going back to a pre pandemic life is an unethical experiment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, anyway, I find I like this. I like this article because it kind of pokes on from both sides. It's like, hey, the um, scientists are saying that we should stay locked down and mm-hmm. we shouldn't 
um, go ahead with Freedom Day or lifting re restrictions. Yeah. But then the other side is like, hang on, what are all these 1,100 extra people who signed this document who have no credentials? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going to read a few quotes here because I found it interesting. Um, it says, uh, Dr. Simon Clark, a microbiologist from the University of Reading, told Mail Online that allowing people who are not scientists or practicing medical professionals within the UK to sign the letter was misleading. He added, the UK was in a unique position to most countries around the world because of its highly successful vaccination rollout, which gives it the luxury to be one of the first countries to relax COVID curbs fully, which is funny because... In many states in America, they've completely relaxed and they also have lower vaccination rates. So um, mm -hmm. that's interesting. And then um, uh, they warned that going ahead with Freedom Day, despite accepting there could be hundreds of thousands of infections each day, is both, quote, unethical and illogical. Once again, they're so focused on, on mm -hmm. infections and not yeah. mortality. On cases. On cases. Yeah. And then um, there are some countries that are uh, signaling that they're moving away from tracking cases like Singapore, I think, has said that they are moving away from tracking cases, and only tracking mortality. Good. And then I guess I didn't realize, but they are claiming that Boris is going ahead with this Freedom Day as an uh, quote unethical experiment because what he's doing is um, herd immunity by mass infection plan. And I don't think he's ever said that. Did, has he said that? Oh, we're going to lift lockdowns because we're going to do a new plan of defeating coronavirus by herd immunity, no. by mass infection? No, right? No. I, they have signaled that they, some of them, and they may have backtracked shortly thereafter, but some of them have signaled that they want to treat this as flu. <clears throat> that would be more sensible, I think. Um, it says there's roughly one death per every 1,000 cases in Britain at the moment down from 1 in 100 in previous waves. But officials expect this gap to get even wider as more people get vaccinated. <clears throat> hospitals, on the other hand, are rising. Hospital admissions are rising again. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there's a good quote. I just wanted to find it. That doesn't help me because I'm a musician and I can I can't think when there's music going on. Did you know that? Especially when it's out of tune. So anyway, and then and then it goes on to talk about how it's unethical to lift restrictions because of the uh, children and clinically vulnerable and immunosuppressed are at risk. Um, so therefore, they think that it says a strategy that chooses mass infection in children and young people now as a way to protect the vulnerable in winter, instead of taking the time to vaccinate our young is unethical and unscientific. So they think it's unscientific to lift restrictions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think every every week we sit you sit here and say these people who believe the Kool-Aid how can they believe the Kool-Aid? Yeah, I do. And that's just every week. <laughs> and then it's um and then it mentions some of the the people who um are the experts and how they're on the sage team, the sage member. You know what sage is? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd's going wild here. They're saying, let's move on from COVID. All right. The live crowd is saying, let's move on. I'm trying to hold them off, but they've overwhelmed me. They've crashed the gates. Oh, sorry. (laughs) All right. So what do you guys think, though? Uh, Do you guys, we should, should we move forward with Freedom Day? And what does that mean? Do you have another story? No, that's it. That's your story? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Let's get to my stories. Did they give an answer? They didn't? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Just check. Check as we get along. Bring here. on Freedom Day. Here we go. Yeah, everyone can tell when Felipe is not listening. Even I can. <laughs> I just keep it in. <laughs> I just pretend that I don't notice. I'm not good at hiding that. Okay, so my first story is something that so I don't we don't have a TV license so I can't really comment fairly about whether the BBC is covering it. I certainly don't see it on the cover of the Daily Mail, my primary news source. <laughs> um, and I don't hear it on um, at work the the, uh, the 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 shop floor has a uh, radio on and and they put like pop music and the pop music tends to have news updates and stuff. Mm. So they don't report on this. But it's what's happening in South Africa. Mm. So South Africa, here we go. Riots have sparked, uh, have been sparked by the jailing of former president Jacob Zuma. The death toll has risen to 212, up to almost 100 since Thursday, the government said. Police officers have been protecting deliveries of food to supermarkets after days of widespread looting led to shortages. An estimated $1 billion worth of stock was stolen in KwaZulu-Natal with at least 800 retail shops, 800 looted, Mm -hmm. a mayor in the province said. It is quite clear, quote, it is quite clear that all these incidents of unrest and looting were instigated. There were people who planned it and coordinated, end quote. Mr. Ramaphosa said in a visit to KwaZulu-Natal, Mr. Zuma's home province and the epicenter of the violence. The president said the riots were an attempt to hijack South Africa's democracy. He told cheering party supporters that instigators had been identified but didn't elaborate. Quote, we are going after them, he told reporters. In KwaZulu-Natal, many have been queuing for food, with some lining up from the early hours of the morning just to get a few items. People queuing told the BBC they were concerned about feeding their families, getting formula and nappies for their babies, and even food for their pets. The week of violence in the province has left roads damaged or blocked by rioters, and the government wants to make sure the food supply is not disrupted. Members of the army have been deployed to protect national key flashpoints, and the police are providing escorts for the transportation of oxygen, medicines, and other key goods, she said. Protests began last week after Zuma handed himself in to police to serve a 15-month sentence for contempt of court. Zuma's supporters reacted furiously to his imprisonment, blockading major roads and calling for a shutdown to demand his release. The protests descended into riots on a scale rarely seen in South Africa. Businesses in every sector were looted, burnt, and petrol bombed in cities and towns across KwaZulu-Natal, as well as Gauteng, which surrounds the country's biggest city, Johannesburg. 
And so that's the story. And there's uh, some on-the-scene reporting that I wanted to play uh, of a gentleman, private citizen, who's um, talking about rising up and defending his township. So let's we haven't here. been deployed here specifically by authorities. Uh, Mr. Ntlantla, let's tell us why you're here. I saw you were carrying a rifle. Yeah. Uh, why is it so important for you to protect Maponyamo? Yeah. What's important for everyone to understand, right, is that the township economy belongs to the ordinary people of the township, being us. So if we have the dependency syndrome of always waiting for a savior to come and save the township, we'll keep dilapidating the way we are currently. So we are saying we are in partnership and joint ops with all law enforcement to ensure that what's left of the township infrastructure from an economy point of view is protected. And it's our responsibility to ensure that we protect it. We know Soweto is a place of millions of people with 11 police stations. That already tells you the stats alone that the, the uh, SAPS, Metro Police, it's not enough. They're not, they don't have the capacity necessary. So it's important for the community to take responsibility, partner with law enforcement to ensure that our infrastructure is protected the way you see. We've got community members um, going through scanning, helping us to scan cars, any suspicious cars, those with the uh, training. How are you identifying That's suspicious all I wanted to cars? Play. So, so yeah, there's a major mess happening in South Africa. Yeah, I also saw a tweet of a guy who said that he had been last 18 hours just on mm -hmm. duty with his gun and yeah. his house protecting his house. Yeah, so I've seen loads of tweets. Uh, father saying, I, I just did a patrol with my three sons, yeah. the youngest being 13. I've seen videos of gunfights, of private security. Um, South Africa is a place where I think guns are still um, allowed yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the plans of private citizens. Happening? So what's happening basically... I don't 100% understand this, so if anyone in the comments wants to correct me, but it seems like the former president... So South Africa in general is a combination of Afrikaans, migrant communities like from India and Portugal, migrant communities from Central and Northern Africa, like the Zulus, um, and and others. But, but basically, it is a, a, a place that has been... The majority populace are people that have been that were not originally there 500 years ago, mm -hmm. um, but but apparently the Zulus have been there for many centuries. I mean, mm -hmm. the Afrikaans have been there many centuries, and what happens? What I'm told is that um, Zulu and other tribes from the middle and the north came down and clashed with the Afrikaans, which were Dutch and French Huguenots, mm -hmm. and um, basically it's been a place of rather unrest for a long time. So the political uh, atmosphere has shifted from a white minority ruling uh, for most of the 20th century mm -hmm. into a black majority ruling. Mm -hmm. And these, it's not just a monolithic black, the, even within the blacks, it's quite diverse. So mm -hmm. Zulu are a tribe. There's many tribes in there. Right, I think right. Zulu is the majority tribe. So the previous president of South Africa was a mem was a Zulu tribe member. Okay. And he was accused, I think, of rape and embezzlement and other crimes, um, but was it, he wasn't found guilty. What he was okay. found guilty of was contempt of court. And so he was he turned himself in to serve a 16-month prison sentence. Okay. And so what's happening is that they believe that he, in anticipation for his um, jail term, he 
put in play and sent signals that there should be unrest, that he's orchestrating unrest. Oh. And, it, and it's it's mainly in Zulu-populated areas, mm-hmm. but it's spreading. So that's as far as I understand it. Uh, basically, it's a power uh, conflict yeah, between so the former president and the new president who's not Zulu. He's okay. black, but I don't know what his okay. status is. And he's only going to be president for that period of time? Like, when he comes out of prison, is he going to then be president again or no? I don't know how it works, but he's not president currently. He was voted out, I think. And um, But I don't know if there's anything stopping him from running again and being elected again. Um, So that's the situation. And uh, as you can – you read from the – you heard from the article, $1 billion worth of goods. People worried about feeding themselves. Yeah. Um, I saw another video of milk – Trucks. These are trucks that look like petrol trucks mm-hmm. that um, rock up to petrol stations and mm-hmm. just spilling their milk in fields because uh, they're they have no access to the stores um, and the milk's just going to go bad. Yeah, and they need the truck. So mm-hmm. this, this is you know semi advanced um, logistic logistical system is not going to function if if they can't deliver the milk. Right. So it, it's just. It's just complete chaos. And I don't see anyone <clears throat> in the major West uh, covering Talking it. Talking about it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and this combined with um, the flooding that's happening in Germany and the cars flipping over. I don't know if you've caught that. Uh, major flooding. There's even a, a big dam that might um, break, uh, wow. apparently. Um, so you have these natural disasters and physical unrest. I know people will say this is par for the course for humanity, but it mm. does it just does seem like something is escalating. Something's in the air that's ratcheting up. Um and so is this a sign of things to come, even in more developed countries? You isn't, know isn't and then isn't um Cuba going through something as well right now? Cuba's going through a revolt, yeah. So the funny the irony about the Cuban rebellion is that um all the organizations and ideologues in the West who claim to stand up for the oppressed and for the minorities are backing the communist government. So BLM has come out and backed the communist government. It, and They're just not yeah. hiding anymore. Their there's yeah. cards have been shown. Everyone yeah. knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, um, it's just interesting um, that things are, are unraveling in certain parts of the world. And I worry about about the West um, in particular. So that we was have a, some, yeah. So okay, we have some comments. Ahead. Well, first of all, thank you, Edward Brown, for five pounds. He has an interesting comment. I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Spare rib ticklers, cat flaps, knicker pickers, men, backpackers, tent peggers, trout fishers, melon farmers, quick fit fitters, left luggage. I don't know. Is this code for something that I? Am I just spewing? I don't something? know. You might have just. Um, I might have just offended everyone. Or you might have double entendre or something. I don't Who know. Who what I said? Anyway, don't just read something you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, oh yeah. So then Adam J says, yeah, there's they're burning schools and hospitals, mm. which is crazy. Um, and then that Katie Hopkins was just covering the affairs in South Africa not long ago. So. For what network or what entity? She's not for part her of blog, a network anymore. For her YouTube channel. or <laughs> she's not, She doesn't even have a YouTube channel, I'm sure. She's not allowed. Yeah, so that's, that's it? it. And then AOC said something silly about Cuba, of course. Oh, okay. So that was my first story. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I wonder if 
there are other forces at play that are trying to create unrest in third world countries. You just had the Haitian president assassinated. Um, so it's going down, man. It's going down. What? How is that related? I wonder. That's that's the question. Well, right? some people are connecting these dots. Okay. And you'll love this. Wait, listen to this. <laughs> people are speculating that presidents and prime ministers that have pushed back against vaccinating their whole country have been put up, you know, put oh, away. Oh, I see. <laughs> so you're loving that. Bring that aroma of conspiracy. Do you really think that, that that seems fishy. I don't think so. <laughs> Not even Lillian will believe that. Okay, so my next story um, is a bit off the beaten path, and it has to do with uh, the Bishop of Rome. Okay. The Pope himself. Um, it's of interest. It's a, it's a a bit of a niche topic, but I think there are general things to learn from. So this it. is the Pope of the Catholic Church, the one and only Francis, His Royal Highness. Uh, What's his last name? Um, Bor- Borgoglio, George Borgoglio, I think. Oh, I didn't it. even know that. Yeah, yeah. Jorge. All right. What did po- Pope Francis say? Well, today. He has declared that the Latin Mass is not a viable liturgy to use unless you have the permission of the diocesan bishop to use it. Okay. This changes. This is a change from what Pope Benedict instituted, which he said any parish priest who wants to use the Latin Mass, Mm. may use the Latin Mass. Mm. And so Francis will spin it that he's he's just changed things back to the way they were before Benedict. And he's also said, I've I've simply given power back to the bishops. Hmm. Um, This is not me authoritatively saying no or yes. I'm just um, shoring up the Hmm. authority of your bishops. Um, who really rule the dioceses. I don't rule the dioceses, right? So sort of uh, my hands are are clean from this. But in effect, the majority, the fact is that the majority of the diocesan bishops don't want Latin Mass. Oh. Okay. So So it's it's only by permission. By permission only. Yeah. So what's the general principle? It's a very niche topic. But um, the general principle at play here is why, particularly young people, Mm -hmm. why do they like the Latin Mass. Setting mm. aside whether you're religious or not, let's explain what the Latin Mass is from a layman's perspective. I'm mm-hmm. not Catholic, so if there's anyone Catholic I, uh, on the uh, channel, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Latin Mass is considered at least to be the most ancient liturgy uh, of the Roman Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and it's a very high aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Very and it's high. in Latin. Yes, it is in Latin. I'm making it very, very yeah, okay. basic for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. When I say the Latin Mass, it is in Latin, um, and the um, like. The whole service is in Latin. There's no English spoken or Italian or wherever they are. It's all Latin, and the okay. uh, the the presiding minister is is supported by two other uh, ministers who mm-hmm. hold his sort of gown. Behind him, almost like a wedding the whole gown. Time? Yeah, while he's doing the consecration. Okay. So it's a very high aesthetic. Okay. Uh, lots of candles, lots of incense. Yeah. Uh, good music, 
Latin. Okay. It's like everything aesthetic that the Roman Church has to offer. Yeah, yeah. Compressed into this. And this right. Puritan just absolutely hate it. <laughs> so, so then, so then, whereas the so-called Vatican II Council, which was in the sixties or seventies, um, ushered in a style of worship that is basically whatever you want. Okay. And so, since that era, uh, the complaint, the rub has been that the aesthetic, okay, of mm -hmm. the Roman Catholic Church has declined significantly. Right, right. It's become basically more Protestant, more Yeah, emotional. happy clappy. Happy clappy noise. I know some parishes that do salsa music. You know, it's it's just out of control. Yeah, yeah. So the aesthetic has hurt big time. And the the appeal of the Latin mass for the youth was for, for, for a young person who wants something transcendent, something right. that exudes beauty because they relate God to beauty. Yeah, or like reverence and holiness. Reverence, holiness, and than... beauty all combine into yes. one because that's one thing. Um, and so people are in a panic. People are in a spiral. And so the general principle is, what is it about modern society that has um, expunged high aesthetic from itself? So generally speaking, what people wear now. You, you look at pictures from 100 years ago, oh, even yeah. 50, 60 years ago. All men are in suits and ties and mm -hmm. hats. Women, all women are in dresses. Um, I see all the time people in the yoga pants, people in the sweatpants, people in the flip-flops with socks, people in- People just love comfort People in days. bathrobes. Um, the other day we were at, you know, we were in the KFC drive-thru and there was a woman coming out of KFC in, in, in a gown um, with slippers. I just, I, I just can't believe. And, um, and even at work, it's very low professional, um, and the music is less aesthetic. It's less melodic. Yeah, it's just more um, beat-driven. Yeah. The buildings we erect are foul. Yeah, um, the brutalist The era. brutalist narrative. It's just a complete loss of high aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder what has happened, mm -hmm. and do people on the live or, or generally um, – there's a high aesthetic appeal to you in any way, in music, in art, in architecture, in interior design, or do you just not care? And, and do you think that something has been lost? Or do you, I, what, in, you answer those in questions? In my study of um, music and modern music and how it's the the expression of art. What did you call that genre? What was that? New, new music. music. It's yeah. called new music. And it was basically saying that there is beauty in anything. Yeah. And as long as you attributed some beauty or emotional thing to it, then it was beautiful. Yeah. So it was really turning the idea of beauty on its head and making mm. it extremely subjective and not objective in so any way. Beauty. So art became just self-expression. Yes. Self-expression is just beautiful. Yes. Whatever it no is. No matter what expression, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Right. And that's where it's completely wrong mm. because there is expression that's ugly. Mm. But if you just label it as art and they go, oh, that's that's beautiful. That's yeah. just not true. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Um, so what are folks saying? What are folks saying? As you pick that up, here's a tweet of a guy I follow, Quintus Curtius, stand-up guy. I really like him. He says, the Vatican's official language is Latin. The authorized version of the Bible, as far as I know, is the Latin Vulgate. And yet there is a Pope who seems actively hostile to the Latin Mass, which predates him by many centuries. Deeply shocking. Mm. 
We have a Vulgate here, right? Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. are they saying? What are they saying? Um, they say um, styles, expressions, fashions change and come and go. All is expressed and fleeting, but nothing is lost. As in nature, all is expressed. So what? this person is saying that expression is art, I guess. Yeah. Is that right? We're saying yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's the dogma that's self-expression. So I do agree that style changes with the time. Yes. But every era remanifests what it thinks is a high aesthetic. It, it doesn't necessarily mean expunging high aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Whereas one era might have powdered wigs and tight uh, trousers for men mm-hmm. showing their calves. And another era would have three-piece suits. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, every era had its own vision of what high aesthetic was. Mm-hmm. And that was expected that everyone would follow it mm-hmm. and everyone wanted to follow it. What I'm pointing out here is that no one is following a high aesthetic today. Yeah, that's true. Or very little people. Yeah, the, the idea of being casual is Cash. seen as more genuine. Yeah, maybe. authentic. Authentic, yes. Yes, yes. So therefore, to be more authentic, you're, you're, you want to... Yeah, yeah. Be slobs. Yeah, I guess. Like the slobs. On Harry the, Enfield. Harry Enfield, the slobs. <laughs> That's high art. Oh, man. Um, and then someone asked, is graffiti art? A resounding hell no. <laughs> resounding. Bansky is garbage. I don't know any graffiti. I did read a book by Francine Rivers called Masterpiece, and it's about a graffiti artist. Yeah. And how you know he did all these daring moves about he get, did. climbing up really Wasn't high. Wasn't Michelangelo a graffiti artist of the Sistine Chapel? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but it, in the end, he actually um, paints for real. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's his, like, yeah. Um, yeah, redemption, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and then someone obviously says the Catholic Mass is blasphemous. Talking. About yeah, I'm that. not. I'm not passing a, a comment on. What think ye of Catholic buildings being burnt in Canada and France? Well, yes. For a long time, it's a, it's a desecration. It's foul. Um, it's it's, but lawless, it's just a lawlessness. Um, but that building has stood for centuries and has had souls walk through and pray and worship for centuries and centuries and centuries. It is an inheritance. It's a, basically a destruction of the inheritance. That of you the history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's similar with the pulling down of statues. I mean, if you want to say that, oh, it's just a statue, well, what is it yeah. supposed to represent? You know, that's, that's what... right. What is it? Yeah, exactly. What does it represent? In des- desecrating and destroying the physical representation of the idea, they mm-hmm. they uh, desecrate the idea. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, this is similar with the American flag. That's right. It's not the yeah. actual, you know, cotton fibers in the flag. It's it's the idea that the flag represents, or mm. the idea that the building represents. Now, are the Brits that way with their flag, the Union Jack? I think many are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in fact, if you remember during the BLM riots, uh, where a young um, a young man tried to burn the, uh, it's not called the Union Jack unless it's on a ship. Oh, um, I apparently. Didn't know that. So I think it's just called the UK flag. I think it's the Union flag. Okay. So the Union flag is someone tried to burn it, mm. and 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 citizens stepped in and stopped it. Mm. Um, and and there was there were citizens also that were fixing cleaning the graffiti that on the um, the Zenotaph. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The Zenotaph, the war memorial, mm-hmm. um, in London. 
So yeah, I think there are many people who still uh, recognize it's not the flag as such, it's the idea. It's the idea of the flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the leftists call the Union Jack the butcher's apron. Okay. And then, even though uh, JD, JPD, MU, FC says, even though I'm an atheist, I do admire the rich history of the religions and the culture they brought despicable to just trash it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people that realize that. Yeah. Okay. So that was my last story. I think at this stage, we can open it up to 10 minutes of Ask Me Anything. AMA, as it's as the cool kids, as the Microsoft dudes cool. call it. Okay. AMA. So I saw another footage of, um, do you remember, have you seen that footage of a door cam? This is in America. And there was a delivery guy delivering a box. And then this flag just flew down from the, the house mm. and like landed on the Yeah, door. I've seen the footage. And he and folded he, like, it. And he folds it. In a proper military. And then he like and places it gently on top of the package and then yeah. salutes it mm. and then turns like military style. Yeah, I think he was a, a veteran. Okay, first question is, when are you coming to Cornwall? Well, um, I think when, um, when someone in Cornwall offers us a proper afternoon tea with the, um, what do they call them? The, um, the baked things. <laughs> that cake? you put cream and oh, jam scones. on the scones <laughs> when when someone offers us a properly uh properly high prepared scone high where you put the butter and cream first hmm. and then the jam and then the jam okay here we go let's see um felipe would you kill to protect your family I would kill, 100%. Uh, turning their other cheek is a misinterpretation of that phrase, my friend. Okay, so next question. Come on, come on, how, how long are we doing questions for? 10 minutes, okay. so 10 after 10. Cool, cool. 10 after how 10. How many people have joined us? I didn't 42. Even Jam First is an abomination, Mahat. It's a complete <sighs> abomination. St. Ives is a place to go. I lived there six years. Paul oh. Smith, I respectfully, very respectfully disagree. I've been to St. Ives. It's like it a it's like a thing trying to be San Francisco with skateboarders and <laughs> surfers and all that. I liked jazz. it. I thought it was very beautiful. Okay, J P D M U F C. Do you follow UFC? Is that why you have UFC? When is for the Bay's next beer trip? That's a good question. Mm. I will have a beer trip. I promise you. When they allow us to go to the bar to order and pick up our mm. beer. I'm not about this uh, table service business. That's an abomination to British tradition. I think a lot of people are enjoying it. Okay, where did you meet, Mahat? We met on a public bus. A public bus. Anthony Sampson scones, but the order of the cream, butter, and jam is a minefield. Yeah, all right. <laughs> not for me. It's cream and, and butter first. Uh, let's see. Name a joke. My hat, my beard. Don't know. What does that mean? I think you would appreciate Malcolm Muggeridge, a journalist. Okay, let's mm. see. Table service is for blank hats. Okay, fine. Um, what are those books behind you? Okay, so several. There's a section yeah. above for uh, Christian theology. There's a section. Next section is Christian apologetics. 
Then the next section is literature and Ayn Rand. And then the bottom section is for Latin, intellectual history, and then big books that have pictures. Uh, that's mainly for me. That's it. Okay. Charles Spurgeon or Charles Wesley? Ooh. Mm. Charles Wesley, uh, for sure, hands down. Have either of you had a direct experience of God? I have, yes. All the time. Who is the windy one out of you two? What's a windy one? Is that? Windy? W-I-N-D-Y. Is that like passing gas? Is that what that is? <laughs> How rude. How very, very dare you. Um, we're not answering that question. Okay. Uh, let's see. Spurgeon, Julie Roberts. I don't mind him. I like him. But uh, definitely... Not Anglican. Oh, a, Ro a Roman flag. Didn't expect that. Yes. Yeah, so Kieran Hughes, that is a Roman Republic battle standard. SPQR. You guys mentioned Jordan Peterson was ill. Was it, what is it? And do you know how he is doing? Um, he does appear to be ill. I don't know what it is. Do you have any comments? You mean recently? Yeah, recently. I don't know. I just know that before when we had commented on oh. him looking ill, he was mm. recovering from a, a drug addiction that yeah. almost killed him, the withdrawal. He's gotten something else now. I don't know what it is. Who is the most inspiring historical leader for you guys? Other than Jesus. Go. You answer this you one. You go first. Inspiring historical leader. Martin Luther Paul. King <laughs> the Apostle Paul. <laughs> definitely. Um, for me, it has to be... Wow, this is such it's a hard, difficult right? question. There's so many. It's just by era, I think. How about um, the one... How about Athanasius? Athanasius is a big one. Um... Yeah. Scipio Africanus, Fabius Maximus, um, uh, Charlemagne, um, um, Horatio Nelson, um, Winston Churchill. Okay, let's see. Next destination you crave, guys. Go. Crave? Yeah. Back to America, baby. There you go. Who is the greatest British military military? history commander in your opinions Nelson, I, I think you mean who is the greatest british military commander in history um that's hard there have been many but yeah for me uh, horatio well, nelson wellington? uh wellington is a big one too but uh i like horatio nelson because he he went to nicaragua uh it's a little known fact he ah. went to nicaragua in his early days um, let's see, presuppositional or evidential apologetics. Good question, Ross. For me, evidential apologetics or natural theology or natural apologetics, 100%. I'm with, um, uh, let's see, um, let's see, the guy from Florida who recently passed away, that pastor. Um, Ravi? No, one of their favorites. No, keep going, keep going. Um, oh, I forgot. Um, what's for supper? We've already had supper. We had lamb ribs. Mm -hmm. um, From a friend of ours who yeah. works on a farm and they get lamb every year, just all year round, really. What is so your opinion? So would you ever uh, go into politics? No. Politics is the fruit of a culture and the soil needs transformation. 
left-handed or right-hand. We're both right-handed. What is your opinion <clears throat> on British food portion size as compared to the U.S.? Go. It's much better here. The American food portion is way too big, and I, mm. I actually appreciate the smaller portions now. We were just commenting on that when we got, what was it? I think we had some soda cans, and they're like petite size. And then yeah. what was the other thing <clears throat> that, oh, um, we get some ice creams like on sticks, and there's yeah. only three in a box. <laughs> it was like, this is so funny that they yeah. would even sell three in a box. But I would say <clears throat> I've grown to a, um, quite appreciate the UK portion food sizes. Yeah. Although when you order fish and chips, it's even bigger than US yeah, food portion size. When true. you get a fish and chips, it's massive. Yeah. Um, have you guys traveled mainland Europe? If so, where did you go? And if not, where would you go? We have been to mainland Europe. We've been to France, Spain, Poland, and Italy. Italy, yeah. We love the Med. Uh, return to the Med. <laughs> return to the Mediterranean. Okay. Politics is show business for ugly people. <clears throat> okay. Might be. Favorite YouTubers, Delia Smith says. Go. I don't have any. Do I? My favorite YouTuber is not for knowledge um, or for politics or anything. It's um, a guy, King Schratz, oh, yeah. who just films himself eating. <laughs> He eats one time a day and eats a massive meal. <laughs> he'll go to like McDonald's and order the whole menu or he'll order every donut from Krispy Kremes and he just sits there and eats it and talks about how he loves food. But the guy's fit and he's jacked. So you can't take it away from him. Um, what do you think of the vaccine and its side effects? Boo. Yeah. I there. Lord Genome. Boo. Okay. Brit, Pat, how many books do you both read a month? What's your favorite book? Go ahead. How many I books do you read a month? I read maybe one or two a month. And the, by read, I mean listen to. <laughs> because my hands are always busy. My eyes are always busy. So I listen mm. to a lot of books. I tend, to, yeah. go ahead. I tend to juggle maybe three or four books. Uh, but they're big books. And... Um, I'm trying to chip away. Yeah. And what's your favorite book? Oh, what did you say? What's your favorite book? Isn't that what the last part of the yeah, question? Yeah. Go was? ahead. What was yours? Oh, I really like um, seeking Jesus, finding wait, seeking Allah, finding Jesus. Okay. By Nabil Qureshi. It's okay. about uh, an, a Muslim becoming Christian. Oh, okay. Okay. My favorite book has to be has to be gosh this is a tough one besides the bible of course mm -hmm. my favorite book oh i, I gotta is come it a, back is a commentary on the bible? it's gotta <laughs> i gotta come back to that um okay let's see opinions on cryptocurrency i think ultimately governments will develop their own digital currencies that will overpower the cryptocurrencies i know the ethos of cryptocurrency is meant to be independent not not centralized so that you can't um, inflate the currency but i think i think governments are going to have their way um let's see norman to be once said about being in politics you do not get into politics to be liked if you do you have already lost okay mm. all right favorite dessert someone nine one more minute left favorite dessert go Ice cream. Sticky toffee. Okay, so you are Christians and okay with the vaccine. You know it's a prelude to the mark of the beast, says Lord Genome. No, we are not okay with the vaccine. We're not okay. I won't comment on the rest. But um, let's see. 
Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember that book. Well, the vaccine is definitely off because of the abortion stuff. You know, using aborted fetal cells is a really big problem for me. So I yeah, I definitely can't, I can't we have bored with that. We have religious consciences religious objections what to... book are you thinking oh your favorite book yeah uh, it's funny that i can't remember the guy's name it's, it's that favorite of mine oh is it um, um polybius or... polybius yeah, yeah yeah polybius i remembered <laughs> polybius um stp is the bee's knees okay english or american music last question english or american music that's an interesting question mm. i really enjoy listening to american country music and and you can't find anything like that here yeah. Yeah. Do you guys love uh, or know about American country music? Oh, it's so good. It's, it's very good. Um, so, yeah, if I'm just into some casual, relaxing listening, it'd probably be American country music. If I'm into Bob rocking out and driving somewhere, it has to be some British pop, British mm. Beatles, British Led Zeppelin, British. Ah, uh, the old, the classic. Yeah. Something modern. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, I think that's going to do it. Um, we we'll... haven't said goodbye to our podcast. Oh, we year. haven't said. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We know that you could be doing other things. Maybe you have been washing dishes while you've listened to this podcast. And for that, we appreciate you. We thank you for listening. Do leave a review, a five-star review. Do share our podcast with your friends and family members and acquaintances throughout the social media world. And if you do want to catch us on live stream, we try to do it on Friday evenings on the Postmodern Family channel. And then you can rewatch that at, on a, the Postmod Pod channel. And always you can email us at thepostmodernfamily at gmail.com. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. And thanks for watching, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone on the live stream. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.